This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, cat lovers. Thank you for checking out Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim. And with this podcast, I always like to spread ideas and knowledge about cats to make their lives better. I think that knowledge is power and people love their cats and hunger to have good information about caring for their feline friends. I have an interesting guest with me today, and his name is Dr. Marty Becker. There are so many cool things about Dr. Becker. He was the feature veterinarian for Good Morning America for many years, and he has even appeared on the Dr. Oz show. He is the author of 25 books and has sold 8 million books worldwide, including three New York Times bestsellers. So on paper, Dr. Becker is very impressive, but the coolest thing about him is that he's impressive in person too, and he's passionate about pets. So I want to talk with him today about something that is affecting a surprising number of cats everywhere. In fact, I might call it the most common disorder in all cats. I bet there are a lot of you out there that are going to listen to Dr. Becker and say, wow, I think my cat has that. So we will be back after a word from our sponsors with Dr. Becker to learn about this. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio and our famous and wonderful guest today, Dr. Marty Becker. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Becker. You think your mom knew that you were going to have a show about cats and she called you Dr. Cat Theron? Do you think she did? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> My mom is pretty amazing. <laughs> you are just a treasure. I'm really happy to be on your show. Well, thank you. I am uh, pretty excited. You're sort of a big name for me here on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. So tell us, what, what are we missing? What is this common disorder that, that I think is present in a whole lot of cats? Well, just think if there was something 
there was this mystery disease that were around you that you didn't even know it existed. And you didn't know it existed because you didn't know the, what we call the clinical signs. You know, if you take, you know, it's summertime, and think of the summer, think of summertime with your yard, you know, if it's dry, it turns a funny color. If there's certain kinds of bugs in it, there's areas that are like circular dye, you got dandelions, you see them. It, but just think if you couldn't see anything. There was some kind of disease lurking in your grass that you didn't know was there. Or worse yet, it was in your heating and air conditioning, and there was something that was causing you to be sick, but you thought you were just uh, tired from all the work and things. And So this is what's happened in veterinary medicine. And there was this insidious disease that literally affected every animal every in every home. And simply put, it's fear, anxiety, and stress. We've been very attuned to, you know, the emotional well-being of ourselves or of our children or of our grandchildren. You know, we know when they're happy. We know when they're unhappy. But whereas, a, let's just take a toddler or a baby where they may cry because they're in distress. And it's almost a universal sign for everybody to look. I fly a lot, was on a plane, and as it was boarding, a baby was crying, and everybody looked, oh. And I know what we're thinking. Hungry? Dirty diaper? gas, these diaper changed, or going through this list. Well, the sad thing is pets cry. Pets are upset. Pets are in distress. But even those of us that were veterinary professionals didn't seem to notice it. We perhaps had noticed a pet licking their lips or yawning or freezing in place where a cat or becoming very aggressive when it's just a, you know, the, the nicest little pussy cat you've ever seen that would never do anything. And then it turns into a hell cat in the vet office. It was like symptoms we didn't see or thought it was the equivalent of a common cold. Yeah, we see it, but, you know, we can't let that get in the way of a, of a great exam and keep going. We got a, you know, 20-minute appointment, and then we, we can't spend too long. There's another 20-minute appointment and another 20-minute appointment, and next thing you know, it's time for surgeries, and the next thing you know, it's time for afternoon appointments. So that's the disease. Literally, every pet has fear, anxiety, and stress in different levels. And now there's a great awareness among the veterinary profession to look at what we can do to reduce the triggers that cause it or remove the triggers completely, or if it rares up, to mitigate it, to treat it and not ignore it. Well, I read a study that surveyed cat owners and 26% of all the cat owners that were surveyed said that their cat suffered from an anxiety or fear issue. And if we think about that, that means one in four cats is potentially genetically predisposed to have the brain chemistry that is associated with fear, anxiety, and stress. And probably 50% beyond that have learned a fear issue through a bad or scary experience, maybe at the vet. So that's three out of four cats suffering, and we don't even really know it. In fact, I think we kind of laugh about it. I mean, there are things on the internet, videos you can find, oh, angry cat, hates vet, and that kind of stuff. So what do you think about that? Well, you even look at grumpy cat. You know, everybody laughs at grumpy cat. What happens with a cat? And I mean, I mean this without, it's going to sound bad, but it's not. Cats are effed when they go to the veterinary hospital. They're either going to freeze, fight, flight, or fidget. So they freeze in place like they're just frozen. They fight, you know, their, their claws come out, their fangs are exposed. They take flight. They run around the room till they're about to achieve orbital velocity or they just fidget. They're nervous. Those aren't normal behaviors. Those are not good. And, and what's happened through some of the movements we have, the fear-free movement, is 
through our animal handling, through our remodeling of our voices, through pheromones and different cleaners and some incredible products, sedation products, we're able to add a fifth F to that. And that's just like a far out, wow, I like this place, you know? It's like your college roommate that left and came back late at night. You didn't know what they were on, but they were sure as heck happy. And then we're able to do that. And sometimes it doesn't even take, sometimes it's just giving the cat a choice of where it's examined or the kind of general control method we use rather than restraint. And cat, I got to think back of back when we were first practicing, it was so common to see a cat scruffed and stretched. So its head was in one zip code and its rear end was in another zip code. And that was normal. I horrifically think back of those cats now and now we're you know make a little burrito we wrap them in a towel we just cover their heads so they don't see what's going on and it's so gentle and it's not unlike what's changed on the human side when i was a kid i'm 63 years old when i was a kid either the doctor or dentist we were manhandled manipulated threatened and abused nobody asked my comfort nobody worried about if i was stressed or upset or scared I literally got held down to get an injection, and my sister, you know, injection of antibiotics in my butt cheek, and my sister got her ponytail pulled to keep her mouth open. And now, when you go to a pediatric dentist or a pediatrician, it's like going to a dental office disguised as a spa. My granddaughter loves the dentist, so that's what we're doing. It's not something that's just like, yeah, we see it, but so what? Let's continue. It, you know, behavior produces a physiologic response, so behavior is medicine. And reducing fear, anxiety, and stress, or what we call fear-free, is better medicine. So I think the worst part about this is that we haven't always been seeing it to even try to treat it. But the best part about it is we can do something about it. And we can all see it more. And then we can teach cat owners to recognize it and see it. I think that some things a cat owner might see at home might be related to fear, anxiety, and stress in their pet, really in their home environment. Can you speak on that? Well, Dan, that's one thing where, you know, we don't want them to just now have a great visit at the veterinary hospital and be fear, of free, of fear anxiety, and stress, and then go home and experience it. You know, there's, if you look at, at studies, the average home, a cat needs about 3,000 square feet to be ideally. This is in the wild. So that means most, most homes have room for about, you know, a half or two-thirds of a cat. And then we put more than one cat in it. Then we put dogs in it. Then we put people in it. And without regard, you know, this seems funny, but this is a lethal predator that lives in your house who's also prey animal. So it's so important to provide things that reduce fear, anxiety, and stress and increase enrichment. So in the home, for example, if there's other cats and dogs and other things going on, cats love to get high. And I'm not talking about the Colorado, Oregon kind of high. I'm talking about high up in the air. And in the wild, if they're up high, they can see prey. If they're up high, they don't become prey. So we need climbing places. We need places where cats can get up and have vision out the, out the window and look out. We need to make sure that, you know, litter boxes aren't put in places where they can get trapped. And so there's, you don't realize that if, if you were going to elementary school or junior high and every time you went to go to the bathroom, you thought you were going to get beat up, you'd probably either hold it or you'd find another place to go. And that's a lot of times what will happen with cats are so stressed because another cat will bully them for that resource that they'll just say, you know what, I'll go behind the TV here. Nobody's seeming to notice behind the armoire. And it's, it's changing the way you feed your cats. 
you know, that you don't just, you know, 80% of their waking hours in the wild has been in pursuit of food, and we just plop food down in the bowl, that takes away all these steps it takes to eat in the wild where they have to detect their prey, pursue it, apprehend it, and kill it. Now it's just served to them, you know, with a mind-numbing thing. And so using, and oh, you've talked about this before, on your show about using food puzzles or food dispensing devices, these feeding systems, you're not only feeding the body, but feeding the mind as well. And one thing, Dr. Cat, I'd like to mention, I want to draw a picture for you. When you see that kid, there's an image that I'll never forget of a little boy sitting on the back of the ambulance in Aleppo in Syria, and he's caked with mud and dirt, and he's just sitting there with like frozen. And I want you to think of in these propaganda, terrorist propaganda videos, somebody that's going to be beheaded. And you wonder, well, why don't they run? And the same question was asked in World War II during the the Holocaust. Why do these people that are marched out to these pits that are full, full of dead bodies, why do they just stand there? Why don't they at least run? And the answer is they have collapsing immobility. In the defense, it's called the defense cascade, but the first thing is awareness. It's maybe a gunshot, maybe a saber-toothed tiger jumps out, angry dog for a cat, or it can even be, you know, a pair of nail trimmers for a dog or a syringe for, uh, you know, needle and syringe for a cat. Then, so it's awareness, then fight or flight, and finally, it's clear to the end, it's called collapsing immobility. Basically, you go, I'm dead, I'm ready to meet my fate. That's why the people that are going to get beheaded don't run. That's why the boy was sitting on the edge of the thing. That's why dogs freeze in the exam rooms, just lay on the floor and close their eyes. And it's why cats freeze. They're not like, oh, my God, this cat's so good. Wow, why aren't all cats like this? This cat is literally think it's going to die. And why so wouldn't a cat? Why wouldn't without he... awareness comes responsibility to change things. Why wouldn't he think he was going to die, though, if we grabbed his scruff and grabbed his hind legs and stretched him out? I mean, that is exactly how a predator would grab him. So how can we expect him to not feel afraid? I'm so glad that we're changing that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, I, I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. I'm late to the party as well. I finally had an awakening, you know, seven or eight years ago when it was became so obvious in you know, nobody gets in veterinary medicine to make life worse for animals. We really didn't know. And once it became an awareness that, wow, pets are suffering from fear, anxiety, and stress because we've been doing or not doing, you know, we need to change it. And I'm glad you mentioned the home, too. There's so much we can do to reduce fear, anxiety, and stress at home. I know our family, for example, used to love scented candles. You know, love the smell of the scented candle. Well, we might love it, but pets don't love it. <laughs> you know, they have very sensitive noses. And the kind of cleaners we use that would cause pets to go nose blind or the kinds of litters we would use based on these weird ways that we choose litters, you know, and, oh, this is environmentally friendly or this is something that, you know, we fall prey to the clever marketing without really choosing one that cats like and the veterinarian recommends and cats like and are going to use, and it doesn't cause, it doesn't have excessive dust, or doesn't have things that doesn't feel right on their paws. Well, I think that it is a really amazing initiative to try to get the word out about this for cat lovers of what they need to be looking for in their cats, because it's almost like, have you ever taken a foreign language program like Rosetta Stone or something? I think that this program is kind of like teaching me how to speak the language that my cat speaks, and it has been such an eye-opener for me. Well, you know, I remember years ago, there was a lady that's a head of integrative medicine. So they used to call it, 
you know, alternative medicine and complementary medicine. Now it's integrative medicine. You know, this could be this could be herbs. This could be acupuncture, acupressure, massage. And she was talking to me about cracking the code of feline communication and and listen to the different mews and meows and trills that they do and in the carriage of their tail and things. What did they do right preceding it? What happened? Did a unknown dog come up? Did the bird come in that was fluttering inside the, inside the barn? Or did you bring them their meal? And you started to see, oh, I get it. Okay, this sound means this. This way they have this facial features is this. This way they carry their tail means this. And then you started to see this in the home and in the veterinary hospital where okay, you know, now they've got this tail tucked up, they're in this position, the ear set is this. And so you see these signs of fear, anxiety, and stress. It's almost like a thermometer. You know, you can see the stress, you know, the temperature, the emotional temperature going up, and you do things to bring the emotional temperature back down. And I know you personally, you were the first ever fear-free certified individual in the world, not in the United States. I just think that's that's incredible. Now there's over 17,000 people in a little over a year that are registered for certification, but Dr. Cat was number one. And so you've seen the difference now in that, you know, even since you've taken the modules, maybe, you know, 18 months ago to now, it's like, wow, this is a whole new world that I had missed before. And, and we want to share that with everybody. We want you to know what are the signs that your cat is happy and calm? What are the signs that your pet has fear, anxiety, and stress? Then you always work to remove or reduce the triggers that cause fear, anxiety, and stress and increase happy and calm. It's our responsibility, I think, as cat guardians to make sure we know the signs so that we can address it because they can't address it for themselves. Yeah, you're exactly right. In the, you know, in the wild, their litter box is probably a third of an acre. They can go anywhere they want. And we want them to talk about the smart bomb. Instead of a third of an acre, we want them to go into something that's, you know, 24 inches by 18 inches, like a, like a smart bomb, and then fight their way into it like it's diving into a foxhole because another cat's beating up on it. And then we've got, you know, a dog that chases them around. And we've got kids that pull their tail, and we're, we've got things burning that, that burn their nose. And we're using a litter they don't like, and we're not feeding them in a way that, that activates their brain. So we, we know so much more now, and it, it'd be just like, you know, you don't want to raise a kid up just to live to be 18 years old. You know, when most kids go to college, you want to have a, a happy, well-balanced child that had early childhood development that is physically and intellectually and emotionally strong. So I think that's the next level of pet ownership is, you know, food, water, veterinary care, and love is not enough. We have to look at Enrichment activities, we have to look at reducing fear, anxiety, and stress. We have to get them to the veterinarian. You know, increasingly, you know, I've been a veterinarian for, been married for 40 years, you know, 63 years old, been a practicing veterinarian for 38 years. We've got, you know, we were always the true pet health expert, the one people came to. And then when we lost the monopoly, when people, you know, you got a pet store on every corner and you've got, you know, Walmart with a huge pet section, you got Amazon, and people think, oh, it's so difficult to take the cat to the vet. I'll just go in there and see if I can find something. And all these products, so many products say veterinary recommended. That means nothing. That's so easy. It's the world's easiest thing to put on a product, and it's actually the world's hardest thing to get in, get right in the exam room. And so, you know, we curated products. We know what works. But you, you can't blame pet owners. It's been so difficult to take them in that 
this is worth a try. Let me go on the internet and see what I think's wrong with it and see if we've got something that'll fix it. And, and I can tell you, in the hospital I work at in northern Idaho, a dozen cases last year where a pet died because they were they weren't a week too late bringing it in or a day too late. You know, the pet had gotten into decon, the pet had gotten into antifreeze, the pet had bloat, and they thought it was just digestive upset. You know, it got into something that upset its stomach, and they stopped feeding it and gave it Pepto-Bismol or Imodium, and, and uh, you know, the pet, the pet ended up not making it when they finally brought it in. So if we can make it to where where cats, they're not going to fight to get in. In, in Fear Free, we literally have where dogs... Now, tow the owner right in to come in, even the ones that we used to drag in for nail trims. But for cats, I can tell you after doing this starting in 2009, they're at least neutral. And a lot of them love to come in, but they're at least neutral. It's not even the worst thing that's going to happen to them this month is going to the veterinarian. And when that happens, then we can, you know, do our complete exams. We can look past obvious problems to potential problems. We can catch things in the earliest phase before it causes a necessary pain expense or worse. Well, cats are unique, in my opinion, in that they hide their disease. So I treat dogs and cats at my animal hospital, and I have clients who have had dogs that I have treated for years. And then one day, they'll call and say, oh, yeah, and I have this cat, and and you've never seen her, but now she's losing weight, and she's drinking too much water. And by the time they finally get the cat into me, it's progressed into a disease that I could have found early and I could have made a difference. And that is really heartbreaking and specific to cats, I think. Well, you know, Dr. Cat, we've been in we've been in large conference rooms with let's just say five hundred veterinarians and veterinary nurses. And when the question is asked, how many of you hate to take your own pet to the vet? These are veterinarians and veterinary nurses and and eighty percent of them don't even want to take their own pet to the vet. It's been so stressful. And the sad thing is you want to help them. You want to help them. They're your kids. You call them your kids. You call yourself their pet's mom and dad. You would do anything for them, but you feel like you're hurting them by trying to help them. And that's what's dramatically changed with Fear Free is we call it taking the pet out of petrified. We now know working with, you know, close to 200 experts, the top people across the fields in in animal behavior, in medicine, in animal handling, you know, icons such as at Temple Grandin and research uh, scientists such as the head of animal cognition at Duke and head of animal cognition at Barnard and the head of integrative medicine at the Mayo Clinic, that we now know how to remove or reduce the triggers for varying sighting stress so we can have a pet that comes in that is calm. It arrives at the front door calm. It stays calm from between the front door and the front door of the exam room. It stays calm in the exam room. It stays calm in treatment. And it stays calm during procedures. It stays calm on the way home. And so, you know, you're so right about cats. I mean, there's an old saying, sick as supper. So if they show any kind of weakness in the wild, they're preyed upon. So, you know, if you think about, you know, my, let's just use my wife for an example. She has an OBGYN. She has an optometrist. She has a dentist. She has an internist. She has an orthopedist looking at things for her her knees. She's got a family doctor. What are we up to? Six people. You know what? The pet has a healthcare team of one. It's the veterinarian. And we know pets age, you know, maybe, you know, four years for every year is for a cat and three years for a dog for every human year. You know, the first year is about 18 years. So a one-year-old cat and one-year-old dog are both about 18 years old. They're full adult size. And then it goes to about three or four per year. 
but you're not going to go to the doctor this year and, and or your son, and then they'll go, okay, we'll see you back in, in 2020. You know, take care. Have a good three years. We need to see pets ideally twice a year. And if, it, if that cat is has a month's worth of shedding in one day, if everybody ends up with hieroglyphics on their face from being scratched, and the cat comes home and has stressed diarrhea for a few days, you're not going to take it in, even though you know you should. And that's what we have pledged to do with Fear Free and why we brought in all these experts. And, and really, we, we want to give them the, the care that pet owners want and that the pet needs in an environment that is, looks to emotional and physical well-being. Well, I think about, I drive a Jeep Wrangler. And when I got this Jeep Wrangler, I had no idea that, that there's kind of a, an unspoken rule. If you drive a Jeep Wrangler and you see another Jeep on the road, you wave. And so that's been kind of fun. But once I had the Jeep Wrangler, I started seeing Jeep Wranglers everywhere at every corner. I see four or five every time I go out. But before I had that awareness raised, I never noticed Jeep Wranglers. And so I think that these signs in our pets are going unnoticed. And once we raise awareness of those, then People are going to see them, and I think it's such an important initiative. I think we have such a debt to our pets. You know, we all, you know, most of us work. We give them the, the time we can share and the love we can spare, or however you could say it the opposite way. But these animals are made for motion. Their minds are crazy complex. And we're just now getting to the point of understanding just proper nutrition, you know, a water fountain, just veterinary care is not enough. And, you know, some of the icons in veterinary medicine, says Dr. Steve Ettinger is definitely the best-known veterinarian in the world and the editor of our veterinary internal medicine book. But he, he said one time, and he, he got a distant look when I was talking to him and, and was shaking his head, and he goes, gosh, I've always looked after the emotional well-being of my own animals, just not of my, of my patients. And then when you drill down, you know, I have loved animals since I was a little kid, like you. You know, we're six or seven years old, and that spark, we start saying, I want to be a veterinarian. I've loved animals. I've been compassionate with animals. I've kept up on CE and, you know, so I could deliver the best, the, the best medical care. But I never thought about emotional well-being. And going back, I'm like, why, you know? I certainly, if, it, you know, my own dog has a thunderstorm phobia and 4th of July comes up, these pets should not be allowed to be that distressed. We have solutions. You know, we have, we have a product called Celio that is for noise aversion. These pets are, and dogs and cats around the 4th of July don't have to suffer. They come into the veterinary hospital. You have some of them come in that, you know, that kitty cat is so relaxed. His tail is up. It's cheek rubbing you. Or you got the lab that bounds in there. This tail is wagging and it's super happy. Well, through pre-visit sedation or through, you know, dexdomator or other things that we can give in the hospital, we can give that each pet that same gift. It may take a little something, but we can give it that great experience to where we can do a really good job of physical well-being, not hurt them emotionally. And then everybody wins. You know, the pet has a great experience. The pet owner has a great experience and wants to bring them back. And we get to do the things that we're trained to do as far as finding things early on and treating them. And when you go back to that cat, when you go back to the cat, Dr. Cat, there's often they'll bring in a cat that is a fur-covered skeleton. You might have seen it as a young adult for vaccinations, and it weighed 10 pounds, let's say. And then they bring it back X number of years later, and it weighs 6 pounds. So it's lost 
you know, 40% of its body weight, and they didn't even know it because it's just is there with hair on it. And they don't realize it's, it's a fur-covered skeleton. And you're so right, that kidney failure that started, we could have hit that early on, and this cat would have, uh, you know, have many more of its lives left. Yeah, that was really a heartbreaker for me. For a regular client that I knew, I know their whole family. I've taken care of several generations of dogs for them, but I had never seen their cat. And by the time they got to me, it just didn't end well. And that was really kind of heartbreaking. So I want our listeners to to do a couple of things for me today. I want you all to see your veterinarian with your cat, even if you think that the cat is fine. Let your veterinarian tell you for sure. And I would also encourage you to find a veterinarian who is fear-free certified because that can make the experience something that you don't have to dread. So the other thing I want you to do is to find me on social media. And I am on Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter. And if you go to my website at drprim.com, which is D-R-P-R-I-M-M, you can find the icons to click on. And then you can find me and you can tell me your stories or your experiences. So I would also like to thank Dr. Marty Becker for joining joining us here today because it has been so amazing to talk with you, Dr. Becker. Well, I have to say one thing about you. I remember the first time I ever heard you lecture, I was sitting in the back of the room with arguably the world's best-known veterinary behaviorist, and you were talking, and we both looked at each other and said, if I lived in her town, she would be my veterinarian. You have such a, a genuine love of animals. You have the intellectual side of it, you know, to know you're both state-of-the-art and state-of-the-heart, high-tech, high-touch. And for those people that don't live near Chattanooga, Tennessee, they can get a little bit of Dr. Prim by going on your social media and following you. Well, thank you very much. That is a really nice compliment. So I think we're just about out of time for Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And I certainly want to thank Dr. Marty Becker for joining us today. And as always, thank our producer, Mark Wincher. Pet owners can certainly find out more information about the Fear Free Initiative on their website, which is fearfreepets.com. I hope everyone has a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.